0: Actually,
1: as you were praying, um, and this is uh, our ZB cast. Uh, we're gathered here. Uh, my name is Jeff, and I am with uh, good friends. And uh, They're going to introduce themselves. We have sitting next to me David and John and, and Aaron. And so we're happy to talk to you. And We're
2: to well,
1: start just off,
3: sitting in a circle. We are sitting in a circle. I don't want a bit. people to
1: think that we're like sitting in a line, like no, side not by side. No, not at all. It's more of
3: an L no, really. like It is
1: in an L shape. Um, but. As you were praying, I was – because you had mentioned how you don't really like praying knowing it's being recorded. And yeah. I was thinking, would it be vastly inappropriate? And you also mentioned you didn't like when people said amen during a prayer. I, I wondered uh, in myself.
2: I should say I don't mind. it. It's just it's, – it's unusual. It's not something It's that, unusual uh, yeah. for our – it's unusual yes. for
1: our services.
2: It's not wrong, but it's just – And so part
1: of me wondered, would it be – I mean, would it be sacrilegious for me to throw in a little amen just to throw you off since you were already – and then, then you pull your little closing right there with your –
2: They may not know what you're talking about, because that's not going to be included on the podcast. (laughs) Well, we don't know. It might. (laughs) I think it should be. like
3: self-deprecating humor. That is true.
2: So,
1: anyway, we're here to talk about a few things, and we're going to start off um, by talking about uh, just different books or movies or something that's had an influence on us lately.
0: And is there anybody who'd like to begin? Well, first of all, we should make a name for this segment.
2: Okay. What what do we call it? Should we call it uh, Picks? What you doing? What's up What's up What's been going on
3: What's up section
2: Let's keep throwing out ideas Yeah something <laughs> Something credible
1: Something credible Incredible <laughs> Um Our current aspirations
2: Um all right, the let's thought, keep pro- vokers, thought provokers Thought provokers Recommendations Yeah Editor's picks ZB picks the All right, ZB picks. Work. ZB picks. Everything, everything so far is kind of like the ZB theme to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're we're really into the uh, what's that? It's like a marketing scheme. <laughs> yeah, where you, just, yeah. you overload them with your your right. logo and your name. and All right. people it's be thinking ZB. ZB. ZB picks. All right, ZB our, Z, picks.
1: our
3: ZB picks.
2: <laughs> and is there somebody
1: who'd like to start off today with uh, their ZB pick?
3: You know, uh, not necessarily current, but just an overall pick. Probably the the book that I have read more times in my life than any other is Ender's Game and that series there's a number of books that kind of go along with it um, but I I think I've read Ender's Game probably 15 times I've I've read it at least every year for the last 10 or 15 years and and there have been some years I've read it more than that so
2: what is it that brings you back to Ender's Game
3: I, I don't think I know enough about myself to answer that it's just a very enjoyable story is it- and each time I read it there are different parts of it that kind of jump out at me and I find intriguing
0: Who's, who wrote it?
3: Uh, it's by Orson Scott Card, who's a Mormon, um, and there is some Mormon theology in it. It's kind of interesting. He kind of weaves it in. It's a it's a sci-fi book, um, and it's it's even more pronounced than some of his other other books. Uh, and it's like his the second book in the series I think is uh, called Speaker for the Dead. And um, the first time around, I didn't I didn't enjoy it at all. But the second time through, maybe it was because I was older or whatever. But uh, that time when I read it, it, it I I, it, I found it different and uh, a lot more thought-provoking, and I could see a lot more, more uh, Mormon theology in it, and I could understand better where he was coming from in his opinions. Anyway, it's just been an interesting series, and the, anyway, I, I, that's my top pick right now. Ender's Game.
1: you read it? When, when was your last reading?
3: Um, January.
1: January. So you got me onto that book, and I've I actually have read it. Twice now <laughs> How long is it? That's oh, short. It's, tr- it's fairly short uh, So could you do it In like a week? Oh, oh yeah I Yeah it, Two days Two
3: days Max
1: Yeah, well But you have to understand For those of you Who don't know Aaron um, Aaron and I share a trait When we get Really into a book It is a little bit consuming uh, And can kind of Push out other things That might be considered Necessary Like sleep <laughs> And um, Unfortunately Can influence work habits um, A little bit and so um, that, So when we say two days It's a pretty comprehensive two days <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it um, I yep. think we've both probably been known to stay up till Two or three in the morning hooked to, If we're really hooked into a book I, I can stay up till two reading it Oh yeah easy Um so anyway, I, I enjoy Ender's Game. It's it's a very interesting.
3: It took you a while before you got into it, though. I mean, you yeah, did, yeah. You sat around at your house for a while.
1: It did sit around my house for a while. It's one of those things where I, I have I have piles of books I need to read or want to read, but that one did it, it took a while, and then once I read it, I've read it twice now, and it's probably only been two years. I like it. It's a nice vacation book because it's small. Mm-hmm. You can take it with you, and it's just easy to get sucked into the story. But who
0: else has a, a ZB pick? My well, pick. uh <clears throat> a couple months ago, I uh, I had gotten an audio book from Audible.com of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and I've only made it about halfway through. But it's it's a really good book. Um, have any of you guys read it? Oh yeah. No. Uh, w- now it, it's a, it's a, I guess it would be kind of categorized as a self help book, but what is good about it? as with most self-help books or, or anything that, that strips away complex problems and just looks at what's fundamentally right or wrong, is it reinforces what you know or what you, what you think. Because, you, you know, you can read it and say, well, yeah, I do that anyway. But it helps put in your mind, there's another reason why I think that way. Uh, and to share a little bit about it one of the the first part of it is it 's based around um, approaching uh, things with the end in mind, so you look at w- what 's the real goal here so you know if you 're in an argument if it 's a problem you 're trying to tackle instead of focusing on the short game of it w- what 's what is it you 're really trying to accomplish um, that 's been really good, and then the other part has been about uh, and I'm gonna mess this up, but I, I, I think it was something that was uh, true. Independence is really interdependence, or something like that. Does that sound right to you?
3: Um. Yeah, inter inter independence to interdependence.
0: Right. Uh, and, and he he gives uh, some pretty good examples about it. But it's, uh, it's written by Stephen Covey. He has uh, he has several books out, which I, I haven't gotten into. Uh, but uh, I've, I've heard really good things about him. And that is my pick.
2: Do you feel like you've become more effective since you've read it? Highly effective. Half, halfway highly. High, more effective since you're halfway done? Oh, no, no. Highly effective.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he ever espoused the notion that everybody who has these habits is highly effective. It's just that these are seven habits of people who are highly effective. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's just my little spin on that. Hmm. It is a good book. Uh, My
1: pick, and I I'm horrible at remembering authors names, and so I'm going to know the title of this book, um, and and David's going to do a little looking. Uh, The name of this book is Greater Than Yourself, and um, the premise is it's it's like in a leadership class or a leadership type of book, and it's uh, Steve Farber is the author. And um, what Greater Than Yourself talks about is um, it's kind of like um, how it's a it's a pattern for mentorship, where you look in your life and you uh, and you look around at the people you know and you think of ways that you could help somebody else. And so um, it could be a coworker, it could be an employee, it could be an employer. Uh, you could really take anybody on as your project. And you're not trying to transform their whole life, but uh, say you had a skill, um, for in- for instance, and that that one skill that you had was something that you know somebody who needs a little polishing on that. So say, for instance, say for instance, communication, um, just as simple as something like, say you felt like you're a pretty good communicator when it came to email messages which in today's workplace is a pretty important skill to have and you felt like somebody you knew or worked with um, was pretty poor communicating through email your your project might just be helping them, helping them be better than they were at just communicating via email or it could be something more comprehensive where you're trying to change a bigger chunk of their life um, the book was so addicting that I actually read the entire book um, while sitting at a Royals game <laughs> and it was That's quick. Weird. It was quick enough read that I read it during the game, and I still followed the game. And so that kind of gives you an idea. I mean, it's very easy to read. Um, it's very quick. Uh, it's written in an allegorical style, and so it's entertaining. Um, but yet, it really gets some interesting concepts across. And so, did you try and help the Royals win some games? Um, no, I did not. <laughs> That'd be um, a good project to work. But with through that. but at work, um, through my job, I'm able to. I have influence over a few people, and so there's one person at my work that I'm kind of i am already kind of um, her mentor, and uh, this is kind of the model that I'm using. And one of the one of the key is, is if if you are somebody's greater than yourself project, then you in turn the mandate of that is that you have to find somebody else, and so there's a mandated um, paying it forward. You have to wow. you have to you have to give you have to give it away to somebody else rather than just taking, and so. Um, uh, it's just interesting
2: so it might be said that uh, truly great leaders in life become so because they cause others to be greater than themselves
1: Um, yes and there's um, also part of that is the fact that the only way that you truly become great is by giving it away and it's it's a lot about leaving a legacy and uh, at my work we've talked a lot we talked a lot about uh, this summer, in preparation for the school year, the idea that um, we we wanted to be um, not just important but uh, influential and um that,
2: that was a quote from the author. I wasn't trying to yeah. plagiarize there. I know it's a good quote, though. It is a good
1: quote, I, and I would suggest. I mean, that's I, a sample. I, it's a sample I if, from uh, the book. I, I would. I, I really think that all. I, I think all pastors should read it. I think all. I think it's a it's a good concept for for all ministers to read. And so,
3: I just um, got it from my Kindle. Yeah, it, oh, it, my iPhone.
1: it's it, it's really good. It's a, it's just a great book. Greater so, than yourself. Greater than yourself by Steve by, Farber. Farber. So I would suggest it's yellow book has a greater than symbol, a mathematical symbol on it, and so it's a easy easy read. So there's my suggestion. Uh, anybody else have anything that they'd like to share with for their ZB
0: pick? Dave,
2: I, I read a book. It was a little while ago now, but uh, it was you guys have all mentioned books that you know really got you thinking. And the one that, that comes to my mind, I was reading uh, C. S. Lewis' book, *The Great Divorce*. Have you guys read that? And I have not. It's uh, it's it's his take or his his perception of life after death, told in a, a fantasy style story. It follows kind of one individual's journey after leaving this world into what he calls the the gray town, and then up into up into heaven. And the gray town. Uh, would would be kind of to us would be the prison house, and uh, is really really interesting to get the perceptions of a great thinker like C.S. Lewis that that doesn't necessarily have the advantages of, of of understanding and knowing of the restored gospel, but this understanding that heaven and hell might not just be these eternal gigantic gymnasium rooms that I think some Christians uh, have them in their mind, and 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 how people could could be in the gray town and not desire to move up into heaven and and just he he really does I think a good job of exploring the different human emotions and different uh, uh, human approaches to to situations that we encounter and it's it's really a, a good book to to get you thinking even though if it it might not be exactly along the lines of what we believe as far as uh, the life after death but um, I would I would highly recommend it to to anybody that especially if you're a fan of C.S. Lewis this is uh, one of his one of his great works. You're a- I, I, I I plan on. Very soon, reading all the books that you guys are talking about because they sound like ones that would be very impacting in, in my life. Your,
0: your levels are a little bit low
2: <laughs> here. Is that better? Yeah. How about that? Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. I don't have to repeat myself, do I? No, 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 no. no. You, you'll be fine. Okay. You'll be fine.
1: All right. Uh, next, um, I've been thinking lately about um, kind of a current event thing that's actually more like the last several years, or that last couple of years. Uh, I am a fan of the National Football League. Can we call them ZB Vents? ZB Vents? Okay. Z B Vents. <laughs> Z B Vents? Sounds like you're talking about bovines or something. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing to do with cows. Um, but the ZB vent that I would like to talk about
0: is... We'll table that for another.
1: <laughs>
3: I that. <laughs> for another. It. I mean, because... It's just like, it's just topics. I mean, it's not necessarily <laughs> always events. It's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ZB Top? Zibi tops! No, <laughs> we'll table that one too. You're
1: getting shot down all over the place. I know. It's well, something I- about that couch. <laughs> Fair enough. Alright, so. Edited. <laughs> so I like to talk about. Um, Something that's uh, just a topic that's been up um, in the news lately, and um, will probably be in the news for the for the coming future. And this has to do with uh, a National Football League player by the name of Michael Vick. And just for a, just a quick synopsis for those of you who don't know anything about Michael Vick, because I know not all of our listeners are are fans of football, like um, me and Aaron. But yes, and so some of our some of our people on our ZB cast are not necessarily fans. Um, and David could kind of clarify if I mess up something. But the basics are uh, he was. Um, a, a successful quarterback in the NFL uh, he, I think he'd been a Pro Bowl player At some point in time Extremely talented um, Had an injury or two But extremely talented um, And a couple years ago It was found that He was running a dog fighting ring And what was the name of the
0: dogfighting ring? Um, I actually don't even know I bet John, knows no, John no 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 it, it's a good name here look it up real quick David I'm, I'm working on it it's anyway continue he, all right. he had a 130 million dollar contract with the Falcons yeah 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 he was I mean, and he, then yeah. he fumbled it he, yeah he and he ended up
1: losing all his money he's actually in big time debt um, because the NFL or the Falcons were able to get their money back and so um, it ruined his life basically to um, this dog fighting which is his, one of his hobbies he had like. I mean, hundreds of dogs uh, lost their lives more than likely, Um, and he ended up spending, I think, 18 months in Leverdmoreth, which is outside of Kansas City. It's a federal penitentiary, and he recently has been released to house arrest, and he's working his way to full release, Um, and he was signed by the Phillip Eagles to actually be a player, but he won't be able to play at least for, I think, four weeks at best. Man, Um, talk about a delay a game. And so he's had had lots of... um, Aaron and John are going to try to throw in some football. <laughs> no, uh, no I, I, here. I have no idea.
2: <laughs> John's going to throw in. John's going to throw well in. Done, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. And so it's, it's bad news, Kennels. It, it, bad news. Bad, bad news. news. Oh, news Z, with, a with a Z. Yeah, Kennels.
0: That's the illest dog fighting name I know. <laughs> okay,
1: well, true. So, um, and so his life has been greatly influenced by um, what happened and what he did to those dogs. Um my uh the beginning of my question is um is the life of one dog worth that of the life of one person? Absolutely not
0: okay, um, how about five dogs? No, well, it depends on if we're talking about the value of life the the price of it it depends on the circumstance. Because let's say so, so. already at five at five dogs, you're talking. Well, if we're talking about if we're talking about survival, where are you going to get the most meat from? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking <laughs> about in our culture. I'm not talking about you're in the woods and <laughs> okay that liver die. I'm talking
1: about the innate value of life. No. Um, how about ten dogs? Nope. No. A hundred dogs. Nope.
0: A uh, hundred dogs for one life? No hesitation for one human. I don't know. Maybe we should talk about that. Whose life are we talking about? Just anybody's? Any, any, human, life. any human life. All right. So right now we have we have one absolutely no
1: one no. absolutely no no we have we have one person who's starting to wonder where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have a silent member. Well, Aaron I'm doesn't want to be dragged so along.
3: <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder though. Is there should, should we? What if we substituted lambs? their dogs.
1: No, I, I, my question. We're, we're starting. We're I Can I? finish this? This round, and then well, we can go to we're yours. Up. I'm just talking dogs and humans right now. Man's best friend. Man's best friend. Well,
3: man. The only reason I'm. The only reason I. I throw this is because it, it. It comes directly to bear with how many is worth how many, because we found that. God demanded of Abraham a sacrifice of one son, and. God found it a sufficient substitute sacrifice to interject one lamb.
2: That is true. Well, But was okay. that so much the physical sacrifice itself or the condition of his heart? The willingness of his heart?
3: I, I just wrote in because of the I understood. Math. I understand. I was, so, all
2: right, so, so, so one
0: son equals one
1: ram? Well, that's... that. That I mean, I don't, I, I don't think God was going for an equal substitution. Exactly. So, my question is, okay, we're... We have one that's held firm at one to one hundred is still not okay. We have one person starting to question how far this is going to go. How about one human life versus one thousand dogs? No. No. Imagine. Imagine if okay. Let's 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 imagine the pain and suffering affiliated with one thousand dogs being killed in a non-pleasant manner versus one human.
3: You're, are you so? Is there ever a case where one human's actions against a thousand dogs could warrant the death penalty?
1: No, no.
3: Which I mean, would no? That that's be no. An no
1: that's not my, my question. Is who who should we punish more? Somebody who makes who causes suffering on a thousand dogs or on one human? Who should we punish more?
3: Yeah. Somebody who commits murder or somebody who kills a thousand dogs?
2: Yes. Who commits murder? A thousand canine murders. I say the murderer. I'm still going to go...
0: I mean, if we're picking between the loss of, like, the the murder of a thousand dogs versus the murder of one person, I'm still going to go with the murder of one person. Aaron?
3: Yeah, one, one person is a more heinous crime. Killing one person is worse than killing a thousand dogs. Okay. I think so.
1: Because when we look at our society, I think many people would take and when it's cold like this would make the same would make the same decisions how about um, how about when we deal with um, spouse abuse what's worse Um, beating um, extremely harming your wife or a woman or anybody that that you have influence over or a child
0: or say the murder of a dog, or the killing of a dog. So we're comparing. What's his name? Chris Brown, to possibly possibly to uh, Michael Vick. To Michael Vick. What What's worse? I would say that what Chris Brown did is worse.
3: So now, you're, now we're trying to quantify beating versus killing a dog. Well, Uh, I mean, we're not killing the wife. We're not killing the wife. Human human abuse. Human abuse.
2: (sighs) Without a doubt, I think human abuse is worse. Okay. How about, I mean... Independent of one another. Now, that's not to say because there's a lot of studies that show that people that abuse animals or or kill animals then move into that. But it just as an independent action... I think it's worse to do harm to a human being. Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a yeah, substantial
1: indicator yes. of future um, violent acts. So I, uh, I, I is I mean, a, a child who abuses animals in a in a substantial way. I mean, it's a pretty good indicator of future like bigger violence against humans. I mean, there's no. I'm not trying to go there, but as a, as a culture, for those who don't. I mean, we have punished Michael Vick more so then people who have been involved in manslaughter. yeah. People that have been involved with um, probably even second degree murder.
0: Easily people that are involved in spousal abuse or child abuse. Who's that one boxer that, uh, that beat up somebody? Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson abused yeah. his wife. And uh, yeah that there's like a whole list of people that've gotten away with stuff like that, and because it was, I don't know, for whatever reason or another, uh, they've they've gotten off.
3: Well, with greater visibility comes greater public reaction, either favorable or or unfavorable.
1: Well, there's NFL players who have been responsible for vehicular manslaughter, for instance, because they were drunk and they were driving and their actions directly led to the death of a person who have had less punishment than Michael Vick.
3: I, I agree, but I, I guess what I'm saying is with if you are well-beloved as a public fixture, uh, figure, uh, you either are let off or more greatly punished. And I guess I, you, could, you could look at Clinton and his scandal, uh, people who liked him were willing to let him off more easily and people who disliked him were willing to to more vilify him for the same actions than they would other people who had committed similar actions and just because he's in the public eye and other football players are examples of that movie stars are examples of that if you like a certain movie star you're willing to gloss over a lot of their indiscretions or a lot of their uh, failures when the person next door or the person in your family who does some of the same things Um, you might you might be a lot more stern with or the person at church who does the same things you would be a lot perhaps more stern with or more forgiving i mean just our reactions tend to follow the to either extreme the notoriety or the visibility of the person
2: i completely agree and i think that like you said the status of the accused has a lot to do with it but i think the other the other half of that is the status of the victim Mm. and because there are a lot of people that that are, are, are killed in the, in the, the, the uh, assailant is adequately punished in whatever way that might be but the ones often that you read about in the news that are not adequately punished is because there's nobody there to champion the cause of the person who was victimized whether it be a small child that was neglected and thrown at a dumpster whether it was a homeless person that that nobody was there to care about. But but what we find in the Michael Vick case is you have the Humane Society, you have PETA, you have you have so many people that are out looking out for the, the rights and the in the the uh the lives of these dogs and care about them so deeply that they're willing to pursue this to the extent that they had what they felt justice was was
3: done. Well, but I would say this has become a platform for them because he's in the public eye, a number of other people might have committed the same number of uh, healed the same number of dogs and maybe just as Agreed. inhumanely, but because they aren't well known, Peter might go after them, but they aren't in the news, they aren't destroyed right. in the way Michael Vick is, because he's in the public eye.
2: But but what's a shame is those people whose whose lives are taken from them unfairly, but there's nobody there that's willing to invest their time, invest their energy, give them the media coverage that they deserve in order for justice to be done in their case.
0: So we're just looking at another level of uh utilitarianism where 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 is the person going to get the most bang for their buck? Basically, it is. I, in other words, back to what Aaron is saying. I if I defend some backwoods dogfight, I won't get nearly as much publicity defending them as I would this bigger case,
2: or any number of crimes.
3: Or prosecuting. I mean, conversely, prosecuting is the same.
2: And, and it's not an always an easy decision for prosecutors as well, because you know they only have so much time and so many resources, and they have to prosecute the cases that that they feel are most important or that they're told to prosecute. And so, you know, there's there's an issue there as well of of what cases get prosecuted to what level. That's
3: true, but especially in court, if you if you prosecute, if you prosecute one case that looks like it might be easier to win, you might set up a precedent then that could have a far more reaching if, uh, effect than it. You know. If you went after somebody else who you might not be able to convict, uh, so you you choose your you choose your battles because of the net the end result. Perhaps. Yeah,
2: they they go for the low hanging fruit.
0: <laughs> anyway, so so where are we going with this? You, you well, haven't weighed in on the subject yet. Where where do you stand on well, it? Well, um, to follow up, um, another
1: NFL player, Dante Stallworth, um, over. I think it was last last spring, sometime yeah. March 14th. Um, actually, uh, was drunk and struck and killed a 59-year-old year man in Miami. Um, he was recently suspended for one year. Uh, after which, it's widely expected that he'll be able to resume his playing career. He was sentenced to only 30 days 30 days in jail. While Michael Vick, while what he did was awful and terrible was I mean, you com- when you compare the the punishments associated with both of them and their acts, I mean, they're not even comparable. Uh-huh. Um, over a year in federal penitentiary versus 30 days in jail, I mean, there's there's no comparison between
2: those two things. Um, even if you argue that one was premeditated and the other was not, there's still a disparity there that I don't think matches up. Right. Yeah. I mean, there was, I mean a, man, a man lost his life yeah.
1: because of a pattern of reckless behavior on Dante Stallworth's behalf. But, yeah, there's nobody standing up shouting about Dante Stallworth. When, he, when he'll start back up, there will probably be very little happen.
3: Is there – you started off with kind of the question – I mean there's, there's no doubt that there's an in, inequality in our reactions. And that inequality is perhaps to our own shame that we aren't consistent in our outlook on life. Uh, when we sit down and think about it logically, maybe we can come to, the, to a conclusion that we intellectually assent to, but our behavior doesn't certainly follow it. But – and maybe this isn't uh, – this is the direction that my mind goes with this though is that is there any number of, let's say, dogs, cows, birds that will ever equal the one human life? No. And so, I I mean, that's not a question that's easily answered for me. Because God did create them, and He ascribes value to them, and He is not pleased. I mean, if we were to wipe out an entire species, would that, that equal a one life? That's what I was just saying. I mean,
1: I mean, say, say you were to have somebody who—I mean, one person lose their life, or the last breeding pair of some species to die. Yeah. I mean, because one, I mean, we were all pretty—we confi- were all pretty firm, easily up to one to one hundred. Now we're just talking one to two.
2: I'm I'm still good with the human life.
1: Okay. The question. How about if we re- redefine the question yet again? Kind of almost. I mean, jumping from where Aaron said, but let's say um, we wiped out all the, let's say, cows, chickens, and pigs in the world. <laughs> No, well, that that might sound comical, but how many people would lose their life if we wiped out all three of those species?
0: Well, that's kind of a tangent that, It is a I tangent, mean, I mean, but do, we're still it, well, we're still talking about well, life to life. Well, then what if I throw in another tangent? What if that human life is on their deathbed anyway? What if they're in the midst of a heart attack and you have to make that split decision, so do I save life? that guy or or do I do I just let him go? Save all the chickens. Do I say do I I mean he's on his way out anyway? Or or someone that I'm not talking about saving life, I'm talking about killing. Which I think I think there's a difference between the decision to save
1: life versus the decision to cost a life.
3: Yeah, if you if if you had to make a choice, if you you were faced with my action is gonna cause maybe I'm not gonna kill, but my action was going to cause the death of this person or the death of this X number of things animals, be it for the last breeding pair of a species or whatever, is there ever a point at which X number of something is worth more than one life?
2: I still say no. I, I, I don't think that there's any way that I could personally put a put a value on human life in, in terms of the, the lives of, of animals. Is that... It, and-
1: coming coming into this i i i mean i i am I'm, I'm with you 100% but part of me just as we have this discussion is beginning to ponder the the influence of um humanism in our way of thought in the idea that i mean because when god created i
2: mean he created all life and so um but he created man in his image yes he did and and he came to earth and died for mankind
3: There's another disparate Substitution One son of God was worth Billions of people And so God was willing to sacrifice One for several billion
2: For the purpose That they would return into his presence And
3: in in the scope
0: of eternity He didn't lose Jesus either So I don't know that that's a fair That's that's, that's a fair comparison
3: That we lose sight of and that is that death here is not the end no it's not really a loss of a life
2: but I, I think that the Christian Perhaps. perspective has to be well we can just wrap a... this up then now there, there you go Jeff <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a wash <laughs> There, there is a sanctity to the innocence of human to to innocent human life that, that I don't is there really any innocent
1: human life beyond the age of eight I well, I mean you just threw a term there I had to call you on I'm sorry
3: and whether or not it's innocent if there's if there's a chance that they might be lost or they might be saved later in life and your choice now is going to irrevocably affect that that ability
2: I, I use the term innocent against the laws of mankind and, and I was trying to avoid getting into the issue of, of capital punishment and whether or not that was justifiable in this case but I appreciate you both bringing that into discussion. <laughs> yeah, right. King,
0: King Laban says hi.
3: <laughs>
0: so there, he lost his life for some books.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting little tangent there. Oh sure. I mean, how, granted, they were brass. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah we we have not been we have not been discussing the value of life versus precious metals. <laughs> I would I would enjoy hearing what our listeners think on this topic. Yeah. And so we'd love to hear your thoughts on the value of human life
1: and how it relates to anything from the brass plates to a thousand cows or a few hundred chickens um, or all of the it's, above.
2: It's, it's estimated that uh, that there are over 400 million dogs on the earth, so at least that many. So maybe if somebody wants to take your question all the way out to the end, they can let us know if, if one value, one human life is worth 400 million.
3: Dogs. Well, and – Maybe we ought to Google how many cows die, or how many cows are consumed by a single person throughout their life.
2: Okay. The average American eats about 64 pounds of beef per year, and uh, when you take the average weight of a feed calf that's sold to market, it it comes out to the average American eating one-tenth of a cow per year. And at 400 million U.S. citizens, that's about 40 million cows each year that are consumed in the United States alone.
3: Or for the lifespan of one person... um, What is that, eight cows? Yeah,
2: seven to eight cows per person. Per person. In the U.S.
1: Anyway, it's been enjoyable getting to visit with uh, our good friends. And at this point, I'd like to turn things over to Aaron to uh, close us off.
3: Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can reach us at uh, any one of our first names at Zionbound.com. And uh, until we're together at last in Zion, let us remain Zionbound.